Dan Rapicoli, Federal Member for Hunter. Tony, do you want to do the same? Dan Rapicoli, Federal Member for Hunter. And welcome back to the 5 and 5 Live. It's Thursday, the 10th of August, 2023. We're straight after question time. Uh, House of Reps is still having a debate going on right now on the matter of public importance, and you may be able to hear a tiny bell ringing in the background. Uh, that's because the Senate is about to vote, which I think is another cheaper medicines vote that's going on over there. But join with me today here in my office straight after question time on Thursday is the federal member for Hunter, Dan Repicoli. Welcome. Thank you, Tony, and I feel so privileged to be here with you today. It's a big thing to make it into this podcast. I have heard that I think there's six episodes now, is that the case? And I, and I feel I, uh, I feel like I've really hit the uh, mark now that I'm part of it. That's right. Well, we didn't want to invite you until we knew that it was a big deal because we because you are, and not everyone will know, you are an Australian Olympian. Yes, five-time Olympian and three-times Commonwealth Games gold and bronze medalist in pistol shooting. Fantastic. So does that mean... Like, now that you're a Member of Parliament, is that over? What's uh, What happens now? Uh, certainly not over. As you know, Tony, we all have lives outside of what we do in this building and yeah, in our electorates. To a limited extent, depending a- on the person. Occasionally. <laughs> Some um, of us get institutionalised. <laughs> yes, I'm not there just yet. So, <laughs> currently I'm actively trying to uh, make the team for Paris. So, we go into our qualifications uh, for Australia to make the Olympics in October. Fantastic. And then we'll go into a selection policy and period if we make those spots to shoot it sometime between January and May to try and make that team. Fantastic. And how old were you first time you went? 22 was my first Games and I'm 41 now, so I've been doing it for a long time. Okay. And in, in your sport, I guess you can keep going for a while, I presume? Age is no barrier, Tony. Just like being in politics, you can be young, you can be old, you can be everything in between. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get on now to what happened during the week and we'll start first of all with the best... So let's start off the best list. On Monday, Ed Husick was talking about some changes in the cost to manufacturers for power. And uh, there was a, a line that started with whenever, you know, Ed Husick uses the term hot take, you know something good's coming. And I love this bit. What was the hot take of the catastrophizer in chief, the leader of the opposition? He went on to make a number of big claims. He said that energy price relief plan was a disaster said it was a massive con job, and this one was a doozy. He claimed it would lead to blackouts. Blackouts, he claimed. No claim too outrageous or absurd. I guess if the Teflon count Order. is big enough, the embarrassment just whooshes Order. straight off. What you won't get from the audio is when he refers to the Teflon, he starts, you know, dusting his coat as he goes as though nothing will stick. He's, uh, and he also later in the week had the announcement about who's going to be on the National Reconstruction Fund. So it's been a lot of policy happening in those manufacturing jobs. There's been heaps of policy happening in those manufacturing jobs. That is what we need to happen here in this country. And seeing Ed up there talking about the National Reconstruction Fund and the Teflon on the shirt, he's a very entertaining man, Ed is in the chamber. And uh, that's one of my best bits too, is I got to ask the PM a question around the National Reconstruction Fund on that same day. Um, And 
he answered it all with everything to do with what he went to see in Musselbrook, which is a Musselbrook Innovation Hub. Okay, so the, what's happening there? It's the first innovation hub in regional Australia where we're having brand new technology come in for people who have ideas. They could talk about their ideas. Businesses, anyone in that area can come in and talk about it and actually try and make an idea a reality to get back to advanced manufacturing what we need in this country. So STEM as well, there was huge STEM classes there for, for kids so they're going in the right direction and so that we have the skills and, and everything we need to really kick on in life in Australia. Well, there's been, uh, like I in my employment job as a you know, uh, employment minister, I've always been really happy, not just at the growth in jobs, like we're at half a million now, but also uh, 85% of them are full-time. But the figure that I find really interesting, it's more than 70,000 jobs of the new jobs have been in manufacturing. Now, that's a big chunk of that half mil, but it's also the case that for years, every time you heard the stats, manufacturing jobs were down. And we're building confidence, we're starting to turn that around, which... For a part of New South Wales like yours will make a huge difference. It'll make a massive difference, Tony, and manufacturing is the key and advanced manufacturing is the key to good quality jobs and people having good wages. Now, there's some of the the banter back and forth in the chamber. Often when we go to a put-down or something like that that happens, sometimes it's nasty, but Linda Burney just gave the most generous put-down when Andrew Hastie asks a ridiculous question about the impact of the referendum on AUKUS and Linda just came back with a smile with this. Uh, Defence is not my portfolio, <laughs> I'll point out. Uh, and perhaps the Minister for Defence might like to take the question. But before he does that, can I say to you that uh, the imagination you have is commendable. <laughs> there is nothing like the put-down that is also a compliment on someone's imagination. <laughs> she uh, she definitely uh, got her point across there very well and I, I think he just went and just hid in his little seat there in the in the front row. He was hiding as much as he could. We, we had more announcements this week as well where Annika Wells only today announced the outcomes for registered nurses and you'll remember that uh, we've been told by the opposition that our policy, our outrageous, who would have thought, nurses in nursing homes, you know, that, and uh, Susan Lee had predicted that this was going to be a disaster, that act, risking the actual collapse of the system. Well, the data came out today and I loved hearing what Annika had to say. And those opposite refused to commit to 24-7 nursing in government for 15 long months. They believe that just two-thirds of that would suffice because apparently from their view emergencies just never happen at night. So why plan for it? But this side of the House understood the importance of round-the-clock care and that is why we ambitiously brought forward this deadline by a year. And earlier today we released the first data for nursing coverage in July. And on average, Mr Speaker, there was a nurse on site in aged care facilities 98% of the time. Yeah, great job. Let me just great state job. that again. In our very Order. first month with 24-7 requirements, that has led to a registered nurse on site in Order. aged care homes Member for 23 and a half hours a day. Excellent. Yeah, you don't want to get in an argument with Annika Wells. Certainly not. And to have 98% 
uh, rates of nurses in nursing homes. That is fantastic now. That is amazing. Now, your part of New South Wales has been a big part of the of, of energy generation in Australia. What happened this week with the formal commitment from the other side to nuclear? Oh, crazy. I just don't see how they're, how they're talking about it or why they're doing it. They didn't bring it up once when they were in government and now this is all they talk about. It's the only thing that they think can happen. So they've looked around, found the most expensive form of energy, found the form of energy that involves the fewest jobs and said, that's the one we'll grab. That's right. And once again, it's just they don't care about the Australian people. And that's why they're talking about things like nuclear. Okay, and Chris Bowen had a lot of fun with this bit. I've got to tell the house, I was listening to one of my favourite podcasts on the weekend. Sundays with Stoker, Mr Speaker. <laughs> former, former minister, Order. former... former she runs it. You've got, you can't think of a Sunday without Sunday with Stoker. The Honourable Member for Fairfax was on and he said, if you look at Canada even today, they have even between 50 and 60 per cent of their grid is nuclear. They pay half the energy prices of Australia. And I had to pause and rewind and listen again because I thought, actually, I know that 50 to 60 per cent of Canada's power comes from renewable hydro energy, Mr Speaker. <laughs> hydro energy. Ted O'Brien, he's one of those people who you don't know he's in the room and then all of a sudden he basically emulates a nuclear explosion and suddenly he is the only person in the room. Uh, anyway, enough of the best. Let's get on with the worst. Uh, you might want to start off. For me was the fact that the opposition, all they chose to talk about was nothing to do with the cost of living. They didn't bring up the cost of living pressures. They didn't bring up what is hitting Australian people hard every day. All they brought up was just ridiculous questions in question time about things to do with the voice. They're just misleading the Australian public in what they're trying to do. It was just oh, so disappointing. There was this conspiracy theory that's been running around the internet that the Uluru Statement from the Par from the Uluru Statement from the Heart is not in fact a single page document. And there's all these other words that that are, are secretly part of it. And one of those conspiracy theories that you sort of think, oh yeah, there is a dark corner of the internet where this stuff belongs. <laughs> But it found its way to the House of Representatives and the response from the PM was spectacular. What we have here Order. The member for is the conspiracy theories colliding with each other. They're struggling to get their scares straight. I mean, what role did Marcia Langton play in the faking of the moon landing, Mr Speaker? <laughs> what, what was the role of the Uluru Statement from the Heart in that? This is Bloom. absolutely nonsense. There's a whole lot of projection going on here. Mr Speaker, more projection than a film festival and it's coming from those opposite. Moon landing. <laughs> he's he, got away with words of us. He definitely, he definitely gave it to him on that one. It was quite good too, very impressive. We might also go to Bill Shorten's week. Uh, every day, which culminated in today where we had a formal resolution about robo-debt, uh, the other side are just digging in, but there was a passionate speech like I haven't heard Bill deliver, like I've heard Bill deliver a lot of great speeches over the years, but today in Question Time where he spoke about bullying the poor, I thought it was one of the best moments I've ever heard from Bill in the chamber and he has carried this robo-debt argument so strongly. Have a listen to it. Robo-debt is political, but not in the way that's insinuated by those opposite. For Labor, for the Albanese government, for me, it is political when you bully the poor, when you pick on the vulnerable, when you demonise them, 
where you trash their reputations in the paper. That is political. It's political when you Order. divide this country into those on welfare and those not on welfare. Order. It is political when you seek to divide the country and say that some people the are lesser than other people. Business. I say to the coalition, this issue will never cease for you until you get up and accept what you did wrong, which was bully the poor in this country. Yeah. Bill, from opposition through to now, has just pursued this issue on behalf of the victims of robo-debt and you know, he's really made an impact in exposing what went wrong and also explaining how we should make sure that it never happens again. Yeah, he's done an amazing job every time he's got up to speak on robo-debt and the, other, the opposition should really hang their head in shame, to be honest, in what's happened here. Now, this week, the opposition did this big thing about cheaper medicines where they said they were, going to, they were going to fight our legislation on cheaper medicines and they announced they were going to put a resolution into the Senate to stop us from delivering cheaper medicines and then they put it in and then we voted to bring it on to consider straight away and they voted against bringing their own motion on. And apparently in the Senate there were like six votes. Anyway, I'll let the PM explain it. I was pleased yesterday to read a press release from the Shadow Health Minister. And I thought the party that have been obsessed by saying no to everything were about to have that kumbaya <laughs> moment and were about to say uh, something positive. It began. The Coalition strongly supports Australians having access to cheaper medicines. Strongly supports. Excellent. Order. And then it, uh, then it went on the to say in the very next sentence, we support 60-day dispensing. Although, wow, this is going well. That's the way. And then I read the next word. However, <laughs> even though we support it all, we're against it. <laughs> and what we'll do is... We'll put, we'll put in a disallowance motion in the Senate. We'll hold a press conference with all the drama, the Nats and the Libs out there. We're going to knock it over tomorrow. Order. And you know what they did in the Senate earlier today? They lost six votes trying to block the vote being held. Trying to block the vote being held on their motion. On their motion. And then when that all failed... They withdrew the moving of the motion. So now it sits on the notice paper an orphan. No one's moving it. No one's associated with it. What a farce. I guess this comes down to the simplicity of every time they have had a chance to vote for cheaper prices, they've said no. And every time they've had a chance to vote for higher wages, they've said no. I don't know why they want to talk at all about well I guess this might explain why they stopped talking about cost of living this week because uh, everything that they've done has gone in the other direction I think you're right Tony and it's just the as we've said many times in the chamber the no elition they continue to say no to everything and that just seems to be what they're going to do okay we now go to song of the week and you will have prepared something that summarizes the week that we've had here in the House of Reps I certainly have and my song of the week is Daft Punk one more time you want to be back here next week? Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be three weeks or so before we before we are. Uh, my office always has this paranoid check of the different songs that I want to put forward uh, where they go through all the lyrics. 
And uh, you might know the the artist Rodriguez. We got the the news today that he'd passed away. And I thought, I've got to have a Rodriguez song, got to have a Rodriguez. They have gone through the lyrics. There is nothing on it that they are comfortable me putting forward. <laughs> but but I think I found a way around it uh, for the very simple reason that when Kevin Rudd's picture was unveiled today, he referred to the rise over recent years of the fact-free debate. And so instead of any of Rodriguez's songs, I'm going to say his album, Cold Fact. And I reckon that gets me off the hook on the lyrics. So that's my one for the week. Ah, very good. Well, I hope your staff are happy with that when they check over this later. Uh, If this never goes to air, only you and I will know why. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate uh, your support of the podcast. Please interact with it online. Thanks so much, Dan, for joining us. Thanks, Tony. It's been a pleasure to be here. Okay. uh, We've got our national conference next week and then back in September – and that'll be the, the time where certainly the industrial relations legislation that I've been working on, I'm, I'm hope, as soon as it's ready, I'll be introducing it and hopefully we, we get to that on our return. Close. Thanks very much, everyone. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.